Good morning. It's a Wednesday, December the 14th. It is Kale and Company live here on 1450 AM WKXL. 103.9 in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond. And streaming around the world and around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. And Kale and Company, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at nedelta.com or Delta Dental Covers Me. Dot com. And uh, joining us today, and very happy to do, uh, have him with us on the show on this Wednesday morning, is Mateus Candido of New Hampshire State Police and the Army National Guard. And uh, Mateus, we welcome you to the program. Good morning, Ken. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, it is our pleasure, and uh, Mateus has uh, recently returned from Qatar after a couple of weeks at the World Cup soccer tournament. And uh, Mateus, uh, was was that your your first trip to a to a World Cup? Yes, that was my first trip to to a World Cup. Tremendous trip. I, I'll bet that it was. Now, uh, who did you go with? I went with my brother. Felipe and one of my best friends, Gustavo. Very, very good. So now uh, you told me, I believe, that your brother had been to a World Cup before? They had. They had. Back in 2014, um, the World Cup was in Brazil. I was originally born in Brazil. Uh-huh. Um, still have family down there. So him, Gustavo, and a few other of my friends planned that trip. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't make it due to work. I was just getting hired. At state police, they made the adult decision to um, start my career rather than go watch the World Cup. <laughs> but you made it this time, and you were there for uh, a couple of weeks. It must have taken uh, quite a bit of planning when you take into consideration the flights, the hotels, the tickets to the games. Uh, it, a lot of planning must have gone into that. So it did. Um, I can't take a lot of credit for it. My brother and Gustavo did most of it. I was at military training when they had to do most of this stuff. Um, but it, it, the issues with, uh, with the logistics, um, in a way it was easy because most of the tournament is all being played like in Qatar or right around Qatar. Yeah. So you have eight stadiums that are kind of like an hour or so away from each other at most, you know, with the Metro and um, even Ubers. You can use their taxis. They had buses for us. Metro and buses were, were free for the tourists. Um, but yeah, so that as far as the moving from place to place was easy. The hotels was kind of a nightmare. Uh, my friend Gustavo had a really hard time grabbing us a place because everything's so condensed in one city. Um, the whole world is trying to get rooms. You yeah. have all these corporations and companies that are trying to do packages to sell to customers. And then FIFA itself, with all the volunteers and workers that they bring into the stadiums and to the tournament, they they took out most of the, the hotels themselves, to be honest with you. So we ended up actually ended up staying in a brand new apartment complex that they built and they finished wow. really kind of before the World Cup. So we got lucky with that. But not everybody had the same luck that, that we did in staying in a brand new apartment. So, you know, you, you talk about the, the fact that uh, all eight stadiums involved in the tournament were in relatively uh, close proximity and the public transportation was 
was was pretty good. So I, I guess uh, in a way that was uh, a kind of a, a, a great a great place to have it because of that uh, proximity of all the stadiums. Correct. It's it's going to be one of a kind of one of a kind type of World Cup, right? Usually, even in four years, when it's going to be in North America with Canada, um, USA, and Mexico, the stadiums are all far away from each other. So yeah. logistically, it's kind of always a little nightmare going to multiple games. But in the two weeks that we were there, we were able to go to six games. My brother actually ended up going to two extra ones because we also had another friend that went with his mom and his brother. Uh-huh. So he went to actually a few Morocco games, and Morocco actually placed today in the semifinals against yeah. France. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yesterday, in case uh, people uh, missed it, uh, it was uh, a victory for Argentina advancing to the uh, finals as well with a uh, 3 nothing win over Croatia. So you saw six games while you were there, uh, Mateus. Uh, was there one that stood out above uh, any other? Oh, 100%. USA versus Iran. By far the best game I went to down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, do or die game. We originally didn't have tickets for that one. We showed up. We only had one ticket. So the whole process to get tickets in the beginning of the World Cup is is really tough and difficult. Um, we were able to get Bra- tickets for Brazil games. And once we were getting there, we were like, all right, we need to go to USA games. There's yeah. no way we're going to come <laughs> here and not watch the national team play. Um, so we got USA England game, which was kind of a zero zero game, but really kind of exciting when you're there. It's different, you know. It's like any sport when you're there, the atmosphere and everything just takes you over. You enjoy it in a different way. Um, and then when they played Iran, we actually bought those tickets like extremely last minute. We were able to, um, and even though we tried for like three days, so we get in there and they sit us our tickets are legitimately, like, right next to all the Iran fans, right? So we were in enemy territory. <laughs> and, you know, to watch Pulisic score that goal, it was kind of right in front of us. Um, we're, we were close to the to the field. We were able to get tickets close to the field. Wow. Uh, it was just phenomenal. The end of the game, you know, like Iran with the chances they had, uh, like, obviously a great team. They had a lot to play for. Um, and then we knew we needed that win qualify if we oh, tied yeah. or lost that game we would have gone home so it was it was oh it was great watching that game so you were there and you got tickets right right before the game just uh, just a short time before yeah it was like within 24 hours oh, okay. so yeah to, to grab tickets you have to kind of go through the fifa portal um so you can't really just go to like StubHub. it's it's not that easy um so in this whole fifa the way fifa does it is people are trying to resell their tickets for whatever reason. They couldn't go or bought too many or just trying to, like, cut their losses on the packages um, that they were trying to sell. But, like, people won't put the tickets out on sale right away. They hold on to it, and then randomly throughout the day, they put it into their portal. Uh. Um, But, like, you have to think, it's the whole world trying to get into this damn portal, you know? (laughs) Sure, yeah, yeah. It's a headache. It was such a headache. We were pressing refresh on our phones. We had our battery packs and phones plugged in basically 24 7 trying to get tickets almost as tough uh, as to get a, a taylor swift ticket you know <laughs> oh yeah yeah I mean, you can honestly compare it to that it's just it's so many fans worldwide and you would think like oh just usa and iran but we were also close to iran there iran had a lot of people come um 
to the World Cup. You know, this this was in the Middle East, so it was, it was definitely difficult getting tickets to that. Um, and the way we try to do it. So what what were the ticket prices like? I I heard they were pretty uh, pretty astronomical. So no, eh, I, I mean they're expensive, but nothing crazy out of this world. Um, for one of the Brazil tickets, uh, well, for the Brazil tickets, when we won the lottery, we actually ended up going with VIP tickets just because it was kind of the only thing that we were able to touch and get. So we're like, you know what? We're just going to pay the extra money and do it, uh, which ended up working out really well for us. But those those were pricey. You were talking about for the basic VIP it was like $950 for a ticket. Wow. Um, but that included uh, Category 1 seats which we ended up being about like 10, 12 seats up from the field. Um, and then you also had, so the stadium's open three hours before and they closed two hours after the game. So we had free drinks and free food to include like show inside this VAP area. Um, and there's a bunch of like other little games. They gave us like souvenirs to take home from this VIP area. Oh, nice. To kind of they sell the experience, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, um, that sounds great. Sounds great. But the other tickets were about, if you want to know sleeves, you could probably found, find them, I mean, without taxes, between 60 to 80 bucks. Oh, yeah. Um, depending on the stadium. And then for just regular tickets, if you wanted similar seats to what we had for those Brazil games, it was, which is what we got to the, for the USA games, um, they were about like 200 bucks to 240 or so um, for each ticket. Um and then, obviously, the group stage, I ended up going to the USA and Netherlands games as, as well. Um, that was a little bit pricier, but it's playoffs. So at that point, you know, it's do or die. The tickets always go up. But uh, what, what an experience and, uh, you know, something you'll, you'll always remember. Of course, it's coming uh, uh, to North America in, in four years. And uh, I'm sure you must be planning to attend uh, yeah, at least some of the matches in North America that you can get to. Oh, of course. I'm excited to see USA. The boys are young. Um, you got a young center midfield there. Um, I'm excited, man. They showed some promise watching them live. Gave gave me some hope for them uh, in four years. I mean, even if they don't win it, I expect the fans and stuff to kind of help carry them up a little bit. Um, it's the World Cup, so it's difficult. Even this year, you'll see like big teams like Brazil, Belgium, Belgium, um, and some others. You know, even England get knocked out. It's just the World Cup. It's a difficult tournament, but I'm excited to see what they do in four years. Mateus, uh, stay with us if, if you will. We, I have a, a, lot, a lot more questions to ask you, but uh, we just have a limited time. But uh, stay with us, and uh, we'll, we'll be right back on Kale yes, & Company here on WKXL. Great to have Mateus with us. Mateus Candido from New Hampshire State Police and the Army National Guard, who was in Qatar for a couple of weeks witnessing the World Cup. And uh, we'll talk more with Mateus after our break. Kale and Company live on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Joined today by Mateus Candido of New Hampshire State Police and the Army National Guard. Mateus spent a couple of weeks in Qatar watching the World Cup. And uh, Mateus, do they 
Over there, do they pronounce it uh, Qatar or Qatar? You hear both ways. Yeah, no, we only heard Qatar when uh, we were down there. Okay, very good. So, how how is the food over there? So, the the whole tournament in this one city, the Qatar organization, they actually did a, a pretty cool job. So, whenever you went to like a FIFA event, like a FIFA fan fest of some sort, they had multiple like temporary. I'll call them sheds because they a lot of times they look like sheds that we put in our backyard here. Yeah, but they would have food of all, all around the world um, in those sheds, and so you go, it'd be thirty or plus sheds in one location, and you'd have sushi, you have poke bowls, you have Mexican, you'd have. Um, I actually didn't see Brazilian there, but you'd you'd have like North American food, um, South American, Asian. You, you had everything. You had African food there. You had a lot of Middle Eastern, and that's honestly what I try to eat the most over yeah, there. Yeah, just I'm in the area. I'm not really. I don't have allergies, so I was like, you know what? Let me try um, things I'm not going to be able to get back home. And so it went well. You didn't have any issues. <laughs> no, there was yeah, definitely food everywhere over there. There was there was no issues. Their bread was phenomenal. Um, a lot of their food is very similar to like Egypt. Um, you know, Middle Eastern. It's Qatar, Qatar is only about three million people. Only three hundred thousand of that is actual citizens, actual Qataris. Everybody else in that country, so almost ninety percent is migrants, right? And they all come from India, Philippines, Bangladesh, which is um, right next to India, and um, Nepal as well, right next to India. You know, we were talking about the the eight stadiums being in you know relative proximity to one another. I I heard somewhere that those stadiums are ultimately going to be moved after the World Cup. Correct. Yeah, you have, for example, the nine seven four stadium. Uh, I actually went to a game on that stadium, and it's made out of nine hundred seventy four shipping containers. Um, so kind of like a Lego. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stadium, yeah, and they're gonna dismantle it after the World Cup, and they're donating it. That that is something. So they're going to ship it. Do you, do you know where they're going to ship it to? Uh, I believe nine seven four is going to Nigeria. Don't quote me on that, though. I'd have to double check that fact. But that's what we heard when we were down there. Wow. So what else was there to do? I mean, uh, you, you certainly consumed, uh, you know, a, a lot of soccer, but uh, what else is there to do in, in Qatar when you had a little downtime? Yeah, so even though, so every game, right, whenever we had a game, that was a, a full-day experience. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to do it that way, you had, you know, I know I met some people there that were going to two, three games a day, which in all reality, you could have gone to four games a day if you really wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but you missed on the... On the really the feel of the game, on the partying, on watching the the fans get together and do the chants and everything. Um, so on game days, we really didn't do too much. We would maybe go to like a mall that was right next to the stadium a little few hours prior, and then go to the stadium um, just to see some different things there because it's it's such a rich country. Everything's kind of like brand new there. Um, so those six days, basically all we did was soccer. Um, on the other days, however. We did a lot of, like, sightseeing. Um, we went, one of the days, for example, we went on a dunes adventure um, where we got, there's a lot of, like, uh, Toyota Land Cruises there. So, basically, you go in one of those and 
they kind of speed through the dunes. Um, they let you um, snow, not snowboard, but <laughs> sandboard down a dune. Yeah. So we got to do that. We got to um, hold on to a falcon, which is their national bird, down there and take a picture with it. Um, we got to, to ride camels, which is really like a short ride. It's not nothing crazy, but you, you go like 100 meters one way and then 100 meters back. It's really just to get people the experience of riding a camel. So you, you got it. Was that the first time you rode a camel? It's not. No, I've actually, I, I enjoy traveling a lot. Again, so I actually, in 2019, right before COVID hit, I ended up going to Egypt. So um, got to see the pyramids of Giza and stuff. So I, I rode a camel by the pyramids, which was, which was pretty special. But everyone wanted to do it with, out of my friends that were there. So we all ponied up and, and went on it again. You all ponied up and, and rode a camel. <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it, it's pricey right because of the whole world cup yeah uh, and even when we were doing the, those adventures like the land cruiser stuff the sandboarding the guy was like yeah we we usually do more however with the whole world cup eyes on us deal right now they're like we have to be on the safe side of everything um and it's understandable it's their living you know once we leave they still need to make a living so um, they were they weren't as dangerous or as risky with tourists right now. Just they just can't afford that price, right? So, so you would be a good person to uh, to ask about this since uh, you're a member of uh, state police and our Army National Guard. Uh, how was the security uh, at the events when you had to uh, you know go into the stadium? Did uh, was everyone checked? Did you have to go through a, a metal detector? How did it work? Yeah, so there was definitely metal detectors going into every stadium. Um, you had the lines for for females, and you had the lines kind of for males. It wasn't that, like, separate, but a male could never go through a female line, um, and so on and so forth. They were that, That's the one, the things that we always saw people getting yelled at. Because it, it wasn't, they wouldn't say, like, this is male and this female, but when you look on the other side, if you saw a female, you kind of figure, you know, that, that's not your line. Um so we have always did basically the, every bag you had you had to go through the X-ray machine. It would check for um, contraband or any like items they're not supposed to have. Even simple things like water, you couldn't bring your own water in there. Um, I had I always brought my Bluetooth speaker with me because we were party it up on the metros and on the walk into the stadium and play some music and get the crowd going a little bit. Um, so I always ended up having to to put it on a, they had this restricted storage location that if you had any restricted items to include like flags, right? We heard, we hear a lot here in the U.S. about how you couldn't walk in with like um, LBGTQ support flag um, for like Iranians. They couldn't really have anything that, anything for any country really with political or anything sort of thing like that. It was kind of restricted. So they wouldn't throw it away. They would just ask you to go to the storage place and place it there, and then you could take it on your way back out of the stadium. So you could um, But the security was good overall. I didn't see any issues with it while I was down there. So you, you couldn't bring your Bluetooth speaker into the stadium, huh? No, yeah. no. I, it's just, <laughs> and I understand why. Um, I understand why. It's, it's more for the other fans so they can have a good experience, you know, because things can get out of hand. Um, obviously, no alcohol in the stadiums unless 
you had VIP tickets, and that way you could drink inside the lounges in and around the stadiums. But if you didn't have VIP tickets, uh, at least that every you knew everyone was was sober, which is not always a thing for the World Cup. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, so uh, we know that you know obviously Qatar is a, a Muslim uh, country. Uh, how would how the the restrictions? Uh, you know, you heard that uh, you know women. I don't know how, how they, you know, uh, the women dressed over there. There was some talk about there was going to be some restrictions on how they could dress. Uh, what did you notice? So they knew it was the World Cup, right? And they knew that the whole world was coming. I mean, there was nobody walking around. Like, it was also kind of, for the most part, it, once the sun went, the sun went down there at about like 4.30 in the afternoon. Um so once the sun went down, it, it started getting chilly. So you weren't going to have anybody like walking around shirtless or in bikinis or anything like that. Um, for for the game, for the most part, I was mostly in in like shorts and a t shirt. Right? They asked you to cover your your knees at least. Um, they asked you to wear like long pants, jeans, and that stuff. But for the games and whatnot, I everyone kind of wore shorts. Like, there was no big deal around the stadiums and stuff like that. But whenever I went to the souk, um, souk Wakif, which, for example, which was one of their big markets there, we tried we tried to cover our, our knees and wear shirts appropriate and stuff like that, um, just to be respectful of their customs. Um, you didn't really see anybody kind of going away from that. It was, it was overall, like at least from my eyes, right, I'm one eye over there <laughs> in, in regards to this whole city, but... I didn't see anything crazy. You see this Croatian uh, Instagram model that's going around on Instagram. And even her, like, she really only did stuff like that inside the stadium, outside the stadium. Like, she would cover up. Well, Mateus, it sounds like you had a, a terrific time. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say once-in-a-lifetime experience because you'll experience the World Cup when it comes to uh, North America in four years, but certainly in a, in a country like Qatar, a once-in-a-lifetime uh, experience in all probability, and uh, it sounds like you made the most of it. Oh, 100%. And, and definitely one thing I, I haven't mentioned yet, but that needs to be just said is, you know, if anybody gets a chance to just go on YouTube or go on Google and, and look for the Metro guy, just put like World Cup Qatar Metro guy. And, and that's really the phrase of, of this tournament where these guys would sit there with a big finger pointer and just point it to where the Metro line was and be like, Metro this way, Metro <laughs> this way, and that whole thing. We had chants about this where every time we walked by them, you know, it, and it was just it's a party atmosphere, you know, whoever was going to games or just walking around. It was just a happy area to be in while we were down there. So so go on to YouTube or Instagram and, and just uh, type in uh, uh, World Cup Metro guy and uh, you'll get a kick out of it. Oh, yeah. He, this, this guy became super popular. He, he went viral and everybody was kind of copying him and like I said, we even made chance about it. We'd walk by him and just be like, ole, ole, ole. <laughs> Metro, this way. Oh, it, was, it, was, it was awesome. Hey, Mateus, I really appreciate you coming on today. And uh, and hopefully down the road we'll have a chance to get you in here in the studio and, and talk about it some more. Yes, sir. Thank you for thank you very much for having me, Ken. I appreciate it. All right. We appreciate you and, uh, and all you do. Thank you. 
Thank you. Take care. Mateus Candido of New Hampshire State Police and the Army National Guard. We'll be back. Kale and Company continues after these words on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. Presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Kale and Company live for this Wednesday and some inclement weather on the way for late Thursday into Friday. So be aware of that. We'll keep you posted with our weather bug updates here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. It's Kale and Company live. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at anydelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. It was a big Tuesday night in sports, and uh, probably the biggest story uh, came from the uh, NHL. Alex Ovechkin of the Washington Capitals had a hat trick last night and in the process scored his 800th career goal. Only the third player in the history of the National Hockey League to have that many. Uh, He uh, scored uh, number 798, 799, and 800 last night in the Caps 7-3 win over the Chicago Blackhawks. And now... He is within one goal of the number two spot on the all-time NHL goal-scoring list. Just one goal behind the great Gordie Howe, who retired when he was 52 years old, playing for the Hartford Whalers. But uh, Gordie Howe, legendary. Uh, Gordie Howe had uh, 801 in his career. And uh, the leading goal scorer of all time, I bet you can guess it if you have any interest in hockey at all, hockey's leading scorer of all time, goal scorer, Wayne Gretzky with 894 goals. Ovechkin might have a shot. He's 37. Uh, And still, I mean, at the top of his game at 37 years old, I don't think he's going to play to 52 like Gordie Howe did, but uh, he has 20 goals already this season and still a lot of uh, season left. And then this only counts regular season. 800 goals. Only three players have ever done it. And uh, also in that game, in addition to uh, Alex Ovechkin having a hat trick, former Manchester Monarch and uh, a member of the 2015 Calder Cup Championship Manchester Monarch team, Nick Dowd scored for the Capitals uh, last night as well. The Boston Bruins, they defeated the New York Islanders in a shootout last night. A 4-3 at TD Garden. Jake DeBrusque had a pair of goals in that one. A pair of goals in the first period for Jake DeBrusque. 19 seconds apart. And former another member of uh, the 2015 Manchester Monarchs Calder Cup team, Derek Forbert. Scored in that game for the Bruins. He scored a, uh, scored a shorthanded goal, which was set up by Jake DeBrusque. So DeBrusque had uh, two goals and an assist last night. Figured in all three goals for the Bruins in uh, regulation. And David Pasternak's shootout goal was the margin of victory for the Bruins. In that game over the Islanders last night, the Bees will be hosting the Los Angeles Kings 
tomorrow night. Bruins currently lead uh, Toronto by three points atop the NHL's Atlantic Division. Linus Ulmark made 23 saves in goal for Boston on uh, Tuesday night. We mentioned uh, World Cup action. On Tuesday, it was Argentina advancing to the championship game with a 3-0 victory over Croatia. And today at 2 o'clock Eastern time, France will take on Morocco. Well, the Boston Celtics, what a game it was late last night. I don't know if many of you stayed up for it, but uh, Celtics and the Lakers last night in L.A., they completed their road trip and defeated the Lakers in overtime, 122 to 118. Celtics had a 20-point lead in that ball game in the third quarter, but uh, LeBron James uh, and the Lakers came back to take a 13-point lead, a 33-point swing in that ball game. Celtics were up by 20 in the third quarter, and in the fourth quarter, the Lakers uh, not only you know, cut the lead, but took the lead by 13 points. And they led by 13 points with three minutes and 40 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And the Celtics were able to erase that deficit, force overtime, and outscore the Lakers 12-8 to in the extra five-minute overtime period to snap a two-game losing streak. So the Celtics back on the winning track. Uh, they will be heading home now, and uh, their record is 22-7. and Jason Tatum led the Celtics last night, 44 points. Jalen Brown added 25 for the Lakers. Anthony Davis, 37. LeBron James, 33. Celtics will be hosting, hosting the Orlando Magic Friday night at uh, TD Garden. And the Red Sox will not have Carlos Cabrera at uh, Carlos Carrera, I should say, at uh, shortstop. He was signed by the San Francisco Giants last night to a 13-year, 13-year deal worth $350 million. So Carlos Carrera, the shortstop who played uh, last year with the Minnesota Twins, agreed to a 13-year, $350 million deal with the San Francisco Giants. So uh, most of the big-time, big-name shortstops who were free agents have been signed. Trey Turner uh, by the Phillies. And Xander Bogarts, of course, by the San Diego Padres. Carlos Carrera with the San Francisco Giants. The only one out there is Dansby Swanson. So will the Red Sox make a pitch for Dansby Swanson? It remains to be seen. A, a silver alert has been issued in the area. It was issued during the pre-dawn hours this morning for a man in the early stages of dementia who left Concord Hospital but uh, did not return to pick up his wife. Uh, New Hampshire State Police said Richard Fears, F-E-H-R-S, who is 72 years old, left Concord Hospital shortly after midnight and did not return to pick up his wife. He's driving a gray 2009 Toyota Highlander with New Hampshire license plate 434-3950. 2009 Toyota Highlander 
New Hampshire license plate 434-3950. Fears is 5 feet 6 inches tall, 160 pounds with gray hair and brown eyes. He was wearing a burnt orange down jacket and a baseball cap with Perkins Cove printed on it. Uh, anyone with uh, any information, if you happen to spot Mr. Fears or his vehicle, uh, you are encouraged to call Concord Police at 603-225-8600. That is 603-225-8600. So the uh, alert was issued uh, just a little bit uh, after midnight this morning. And as far as I know, the uh, silver alert is still out there. And uh, Mr. Fears, to the best of our knowledge, has still not been found. Uh, we will take a break. Kale and Company, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more. Find your plan at anydelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues after these words on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Don't touch that dial. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Elder Dental. Tomorrow, Anna Brown will join us from Citizens Count. We'll talk about a number of things, including the upcoming session of the state legislature, where Republicans still have the majority in the Senate, but a uh, slimmer majority in the House of Representatives. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the peril that the New Hampshire primary may be in and certainly a lot of other things uh, around the state tomorrow with Anna Brown from Citizens Count. Have our Friday Fun Bunch with Kitty Ray and Tom Raphael on uh, on Friday and then head into the weekend. I know our producer, Kat, is going to have a very, very busy weekend. Uh in, in the theater world, in, in Laconia, the Colonial Theater. So you can uh, check out a, a great a great performance there starting on uh, Friday night, four performances uh, over the weekend, and you'll uh, be able to see uh, Kat Martinez uh, in action. <laughs> you'll uh, be on, there, Kat. On stage at the uh, Colonial, beautiful Colonial Theater, which you told me, Kat, and I have not been in the uh, refurbished uh, a renovated uh, colonial theater in downtown uh, Laconia, but uh, you tell me it's a it's an exact replica of the colonial theater in Boston. It is indeed. Wow, that is, is amazing. Indeed. Yeah, that... it's about a 750 seat theater, and we were so grateful last year when we did this production to have all three nights sold out. Mm-hmm. Even wow. one night, I think, was in the midst of a snowstorm, wow. and about 95% of the audience still came out. That, that is terrific. So we did add a second show on Saturday um, at 2 o'clock and a 7.30 p.m. show as well um, to get more people out because we didn't know what it was going to be like this year. So we wanted to give people an opportunity to come see it. 
Well, there are some some seats available, but get them quickly. Mm-hmm. Get them quickly. Just uh, uh, check it out at uh, Colonial Laconia. Uh, Dot com. Is it dot com? It is. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. And uh, the show starts on uh, Friday, two on Saturday, as Kat mentioned, and uh, matinee on Sunday. That's when I'm going to be there. It's the Sunday matinee. <laughs> Looking it's forward be great. to it. Cannot, yeah, we, it's been a cast wait. of 60 people. 60 people. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's and be uh, it, it's going to be a, a, a terrific, terrific show. Can't, cannot wait for that. Well, the uh, Lone Star State residents have rated President Biden's overall performance for 2022 with a majority giving him a failing letter grade. Uh, one Texas woman who gave uh, Biden an F or a D minus said, I don't really think that he's made strong decisions to progress our country forward in terms of our economy. But another woman who gave Biden a B said she was satisfied with the president, especially his push for federal student debt uh, handouts. Well, we really don't know if that's going to take place at at this particular time. But at any rate, uh, a lot of millennials, uh, she said, a lot of millennials and younger generations don't have access to housing or purchasing their own home or achieving certain financial goals that older generations were able to. And the student debt bill definitely helps to aid that financial burden. Of course, Biden announced a federal student loan forgiveness plan in August that offers up to $20,000 of debt relief to qualified borrowers. Uh, Legal challenges have left the program on pause and has yet to cancel any student debt. Uh, One Austin, Texas local who recently moved from Washington, D.C., issued Biden a C. He said, I'm a bit disappointed in the economy. Inflation has really picked up. Biden's uh, overall approval sat at 43% in a recent uh, Associated Press poll, while 28% of American adults said the country was headed in the right direction. Just 28% of Americans in that poll believe that the U.S. is headed in the right direction. Uh, Travis, one of the persons uh, that were, was polled, uh, gave Biden an F minus, singled out the president's support of the war in Ukraine as a low point in his presidency. He said his worst performance was probably getting us into the war in Ukraine. He worries about other people's borders, Ukraine's borders. But he doesn't worry about the United States borders, and I find that appalling, end quote. Another Texan graded Biden a Z, a Z, that is, to illustrate his supreme dissatisfaction with the president of the United States. He said, uh, what's lower than an F? Like a Z. We'll call it a Z. That's about as low as you can go. For him to be performing this poorly, I really haven't seen anything like it. So there you go. Some of the reaction in Texas, where the border is certainly a a major, major issue. And uh, as we know, at least during his presidency, uh, Mr. Biden has not visited the Texas border, the Arizona border, 
the New Mexico border, the California border, any of the borders. He's visited the Delaware border, but uh, I think that's, uh, that's about it. After four straight three-quarter-point interest rate hikes, the Federal Reserve is set to announce a smaller half-point increase in its key rate today, a first step toward dialing back its efforts to combat inflation. At the same time, the Fed is expected to signal that it plans more hikes next year than it had previously forecast to try to conquer the worst inflation bout in four decades. And most economists think that Chair Jerome Powell will stress that the Fed will likely keep its benchmark rate at its high point through next year, even after the hikes have ended. The Fed's decision on Wednesday will follow a government report on Tuesday that provided hopeful signs that inflation is finally easing from chronically high levels. Gas prices fell, the cost of used cars, furniture, and toys declined, and the costs of services from hotels to airfares to car rentals have dropped. Not significantly, however, but uh, they they have dropped. At least they didn't go up. The uh, six rate hikes the Fed has already imposed this year have raised short-term rates to a range of 3.75 to 4%, its highest level in 15 years. Hikes have uh, led to much costlier borrowing rates for consumers, as well as companies ranging from Mortgages to auto and business loans and worries have grown that the Fed is raising rates so much in its drive to curb inflation that it will trigger a recession uh, next year. Yet with uh, price increases still uncomfortably high, inflation was 7.1% in November compared with a year earlier. Uh, Powell and uh, other Fed officials have underscored that they expect to keep rates at their peak for an extended period. With inflation pressures now easing, though, most economists think the Fed will further slow its hikes and raise its key rate by just a quarter point at its next meeting early next year. So uh, we shall see how uh, that uh, plays out. We are Kale & Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. And we're very happy to have you with us every day between 8 and 9. And if you happen to miss any of the show or just simply want to hear the show again or segments of it again, you can uh, tune in after 7 o'clock and uh, we will have it for you uh, right there on WKXL, 7 p.m. That is... And uh, also, we want to remind you that uh, Anna Brown will be with us uh, tomorrow from Citizens Count. Lots of things going on in the state. The new legislative uh, session will begin after the first of the year. And uh, no one is more in tune with that than uh, Anna Brown from Citizens Count. She'll talk about the impact of the fact that uh, the Republican majority in the House of Representatives is not as high as it was, as it was uh, last time around, prior to the uh, midterm elections. So uh, we'll check with Anna tomorrow about that and other things regarding the uh, state of New Hampshire right here on Kale & Company. We're delighted to have you with us, and you can uh, check out all the 
past episodes of this show and all the other great programming on WKXL at nhtalkradio.com. Kale & Company presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at nedelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday. Join us tomorrow and stay tuned for more great programming here on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com.